Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Uh, there are concerns being raised, and I think some legitimate concerns are being raised now about re, uh, reform to the way we teach certain subjects. Now, we mentioned the other day that, uh, unbeknownst to an awful lot of people in this province, uh, the uh, provincial government has already started uh, their consultation process about the sex ed curriculum, and they have also announced that they're going to broaden that discussion to not just sex ed, but also to math and a couple of the sciences that uh, they want to get into, uh, which probably is not a bad idea. I'm not so sure that it should all be done at one time, but there needs to be a discussion about math because the marks are continuing to go down. And it raises the question in some circles about whether it's even being taught properly or the kind of math that's being taught. I want to bring Andy Kidder to the conversation here with the People for Education to try to get some clarity on this. Andy, thanks for joining us. I appreciate the time today. No problem. I'm, I'm trying to sort all this stuff out here from what we're seeing, and a lot of data here from every province, including Ontario, and, and some of it's not encouraging. But what's making it a little difficult to understand is that some of the political bombast that's being attached to this data, and, and I think it's clouding the issue a lot. Well, I think that's a fabulous point, and we have to watch that. I am, ironically, right now at a education conference that's run by the Canadian Ministers of Education people. We're just talking about math. You know, and the guy who was just talking about it, who's an academic and an expert, um, said we have to be careful about how we react even to scores. It is important that we look at them. It's important that we look at the data. But that it, for him, it was important that we look at who's struggling, where are they struggling, what parts are, are causing the issues in this. And there are other people who've looked at, you know, if you look at how Canada does overall and Ontario, the 15-year-olds in math, in comparing internationally, we actually do really well on the, the plain old math that we think of, the, you know, memorizing facts, and not so well on the complex part. So my, my worry about all of this, and I am not an expert on math, so I'm not going to have an opinion on we should teach math like this or like this, is that all of us feel we can have an opinion. Uh, a lot of it is driven by politics. And we have to be very, very careful that we're not just swinging back to the, well, when I was young, we did it like this, um, as if that's the answer. And, you know, sometimes I know academics and experts can be dry and boring, but in cases like this, it's really important that we listen to them. Well, and, and to their credit, I mean, you know, we've, we've started to do this, and I get that. Uh, you know, because in the past when these this, this scoring system started, we'd look at numbers and say, oh, this is terrible, especially some of these inner city kids. You know, they, they, I guess they're not very smart. And then you said, no, let's peel back a few layers. Oh, wait yeah. a minute. There's the lifestyle. Maybe these guys change schools every year. Uh, some of them don't eat breakfast. Some of them are latchkey kids. And those are all factors. But we didn't take that into consideration when we just look at raw data. No, and we have to remember, for example, using your example, that, that newcomer kids in Canada, in Ontario, actually do better than Canadian-born kids. So we, we even have to watch when we say it's this kind of kid that struggles or this kind of kid. There is a tendency for people to go, oh, I don't know if I want to send my kid to that school. There's so many immigrants. And it's like, let's remember, do better than Canadian-born kids. Um, it just in case, you know, because it's important, again, because we have a tendency uh, to sort of go with our instinct or to make assumptions about what works and what doesn't work. And the guy who was just making this presentation said it's really important to remember that math scores are going down in all OECD countries. Yeah. So, you know, he said, if we just stay where we are, we're going to be number one soon. So there, 
there, there is an issue with math. I'm not saying there isn't. But we have to be careful uh, that we don't get hysterical about one aspect of education, and it's just one, um, and, and do some kind of big pendulum swing back. Because what the evidence is most strong is that it's all those things that we don't count that actually are more predictive of whether or not you're going to go on to be successful. So that's all the things we're not measuring right now. Can you collaborate? Can you communicate? Can you, uh, you know, empathize with other people's uh, beliefs or opinions? Uh, can you, uh, you know, regulate your emotions? Uh, can, you, can you solve complex problems? Those are more predictive even than your math score in terms of whether or not you're going to go on to be, you know, successful and go on to secondary education or be successful in, in jobs. There's the politicizing of this, but I think, you know, if we're going to look at, at solutions, uh, I think parents have to look in the mirror, too, and say, look, at maybe in, in some small way we can be part of the problem here. I, I want them to be part of the solution. But when we see our, our kids, you're a parent, I'm a parent, I mean, when they, when they struggle, you just say, well, you know what, it's, it's the dime stuff they're teaching them. You know, let's go back to the basics. That's always the battle cry, isn't it? Whether it's math or whether it's yeah. sciences or sex ed, let's go back to the basics the way it was when I was in school. Absolutely. I mean, I remember, you know, one of my kids coming home and going, I have to measure the area of a leaf. And I went, you know, holy, whatever. I, you, you could never do that. You know, why are you doing that? Why aren't you just learning the, you know, the sort of mathematical equations about measurement? But, and so part of it is, you know, and parents go, oh, I can't even read the textbook or I am an expert in math and I can't understand these questions. And we, we, now, I'm not saying change should never happen. It absolutely should. And it is really important that we're always looking at curriculum. We're always trying to understand you know, how to improve it and how to improve, you know, the, the, our, all of our futures rely on what we're doing with, you know, these kids that are in our publicly funded schools. But we just, we have to watch our own reactions. Instinctively, as a parent, you go, this is ridiculous because I can't understand it. But in fact, uh, that's not always necessarily true. Now, balance, yes. And I've, you know, I've talked to people who are experts in math, and they go, you need both. You have to have the complex problem-solving skills, and you do have to have some understanding of, you know, actual numbers. And I always meanly use my poor 26-year-old as an example who's doing advanced statistics at university, but she doesn't know her times tables. And I'm old, so I go, how could you not know your times tables? But she doesn't, but her deep understanding of complex mathematics is is enormous so we we have to remember that too because really what we want you know when kids go i'll never use this when i'm a grown-up is it's the actually uh, the understanding that you'll use when you're a grown-up i mean there was somebody else at this conference just talking about financial literacy and it's actually understanding the complexity rather than this is what a percentage is, even though that is important, um, it, you know, that it's actually going to make a difference where you're, you're being able to, like, look at your life from a mathematical perspective and, and getting what it means. Exactly. Look, back in my day, uh, yes. Annie, uh, I, I, I'm in the same boat. I mean, we, I learned the times tables and, you know, all of that stuff. And, and, 
and and I learned the math, the, the mathematical formula. Okay, but I wasn't learning anything. I was I was regurgitating. I right. was memorizing and regurgitating. I was not learning to actually use this stuff. I was just trying to get by. You know, six times five. Okay, I got that. Okay, mm-hmm. what formula to apply? Uh, you know, in, in in calculus or whatever it might be. But so it's it's natural, and I'm glad to see that the, the program and the curriculum is starting to evolve. So it's actually starting to get into into thinking. It, it, it's inquiry based learning is is the mm-hmm. term that's used exactly. in the curriculum. Yep. And and that, that that phrase seems to scare some people. Well, it does because we don't understand it or it sounds kind of sucky. Uh, you know, it doesn't sound serious and real and like a fact. Um, but the thing that I think that we have to remember, if we think about our own lives, I'm a, you know, very old adult, we have to think about where we do, what skills do we use in the world day to day and how do we use them? Now, I, I use math all the time because I run an organization that does it surveys people, for instance, or I read the newspaper. So I need to understand how people are using, when they say X percent of the population thinks this, I need to have a concept of what that means. It's really important. It's used politically all the time. So, but it's, it's actually as adults now and for parents too going, okay, in my job and in my life, what do I really use? And back to your example of, you know, do I use the times tables? And now that may be a good basis. I'm not arguing that it is or it isn't. Or do I use an understanding of how math works? Because there are things that you learn in school that you, you learn the content, you regurgitate it, and you forget it often. It just disappears once you don't need it anymore. Um, but there are other things you can learn in school, and this is why we've been focusing on, you know, what are the broad competencies and skills that, that last, that are foundational under all knowledge uh, that we should be looking at. We don't measure those, right? We're not having big hysterical conversations about whether or not we're educating kids who can uh, collaborate or take the knowledge they've learned in one area and apply it to another. And those skills last forever. And that that is what we need to be sure that we're fostering. So how do we how do we balance those two? Because I, I've talked to parents about this over the last number of years, and they've raised some legitimate concerns about marks, but they're still saying, "Well, where's the textbook that says you know the the train leaves Philadelphia at ten fifteen? Another one, <laughs> and you know though that's real math." And I said, "Well, that's, that's a component of it, but you know that yeah. that's that's all they seem to want is just give us that again." But also, there's not even a textbook anymore. So, like the world has moved very very quickly, and where where we we've not all kept up. Um, where there's no textbook for one thing, for the most part, um, and there isn't there isn't the same way of learning things that there that there was when we were young. I work with a lot of young people who are in their twenties and thirties. Everybody's even young to me now, um, but the, and they have an extraordinary capacity to apply knowledge in different ways. And I think that so we have to watch. You know, we have to watch going, I don't understand this, so it must be wrong. On the other hand, we also, you know, it is incumbent on all of us, parents, citizens, to really, truly care about what's going on in our schools to make sure that if we think just from an economic standpoint, that we want kids who can work in the kind of knowledge economy, which is really different than just learning a skill that's going to last you for the rest of your life. Um, we have to make sure that we're, we're, we're educating those kids, and they're not the same jobs that we had. I mean, most of the jobs don't even exist right now. So for, for me as an ancient person to go, these are the jobs and you need to aim towards one of these, well, half of them, we don't even know what they are. So, and it is important that we're thinking about that you know, while we're educating kids. Now, again, I am not saying it, we shouldn't care about math 
we should. But we just have to watch that we don't swing really far in a totally other direction because everybody kind of can remember taking math and go, this is the way it should be and this is the way I learned it when I was young and that it's more important than all these other areas. We just put out a report today on principles. And it's like we need to make sure that our schools have the resources that they need to provide a, a really broad, excellent, enriched education to all students. That includes math, but it's not only about math. I can remember, just to put this in perspective, I, I guess I was in grade school, and, and math, and as we mentioned, was times tables, you know, 6 times 5, 8 minus 2, etc., and they introduced letters into it, and it was X and Y, and, you know, what is right. X, and, and, and I, there was pushback then. I still recall a lot of parents would say, what is this stuff? They're going to make the kids crazy. You know, just give them the basic stuff. And the same argument back in the 1960s, and here we are in 2018 with the same points, the same yeah. argument, saying it's just too yeah. radical for kids. There was a thing called the new math when yeah. I was young, and parents were like, well, you know, what, what the hell is this? And I think that that's where, you know, but what we want is we want kids who can solve complex problems. But, and those complex problems can have math and words and opinions and uh, emotions in them. They can have a lot of parts to them. But we definitely need, if we look at the mess the world's in right now, <laughs> we definitely need to be educating people who can integrate a lot of different kinds of knowledge, including math, but also including uh, citizenship and creativity, and be able to solve problems. So, and, it's, and that's what impresses me about a lot of young people who have graduated from Ontario schools, is that they're able to bring all those different things to bear when they're, when they're thinking about uh, solving problems or working together or, you know, looking at policy. And yeah, and, and I think I think we all have to watch. I have them too. I have lots of opinions, and I have lots of opinions of, as a parent. We just have to be very careful about the things that we uh, believe in. And evidence, you know, I know we talk about living in a you know, post-truth age or a, that there's such a thing as alternative facts, but there actually is evidence. And we got to look at the evidence. I mean, that's why I've just been listening to evidence all morning. And it's like, these are people who've done huge studies of thousands and thousands and thousands of young people internationally to, to start to really get at what works, what makes a difference. I, I know you want to get back to the conference, and I really appreciate this. But I, one other question I just want to get into for a couple of seconds here, because in all these reports and all these political statements I'm hearing about this, this is a topic that I don't think anybody's addressing to the extent they should. Are we equipping our teachers with the proper tools to be able to teach this stuff? Well, that, but that is a good question, but it's not just about math. So, again, complex world, whole different kinds of jobs, different kinds of skills needed. So are we equipping teachers enough? Are they just learning, you know, very narrow content knowledge or how to make a lesson plan? And is that enough for all of the complex skills that are needed in today's world? And I think that that is something to look at. Now, what happens is we end up having this very narrow conversation is, are we equipping teachers to teach math? Well, we have to be equipping teachers to teach a hell of a lot more than math. Um, and we are, I mean, we have great, te you know, overall, Ontario has a great education system and our kids do really well, but we have to make sure that teacher education keeps up with uh, where the world is. And I, I do think that that's something that needs to be looked at. But we also have to make sure then that there's time and resources in schools so that teachers have time to collaborate with each other and to learn more in different areas and not just you know, get in there and kind of 
uh, drive curriculum through. Because that's the concern. I mean, I know there are some people that want to point the finger and say, you know, we don't, well, the teachers are lousy. They just don't get it. Uh, the teachers are only as good as, as, as what they're going to be giving us in the way of tools mm-hmm. and information. And, and, and do we do enough of that? Is there enough reevaluation of, of what they're doing? I, and I know they take courses through the year and in the summer. They don't all just run up to the cottage. Uh, they, they, they do try to improve their lot. But uh, is, are, are we giving them enough for them to be able to do that? Well, I'm not sure, and I think that that is where, I mean, I I would argue one of the things we're not giving them is enough time to actually be, if you look at really highly successful systems, ironically, teachers teach for uh, fewer minutes a day than they do in Canada or in Ontario, because for quite a bit of the time, they're learning from each other, they're collaborating, they're working on research projects together so that they can keep bringing uh, new strategies and new information into the classroom. And again, you know, the, the sad, terrible thing about education is nothing's black and white, there's never like one single thing you can blame everything on um, or laud. It's, it's complex and we, we, we should be very careful with the idea that there's one answer to this. I know the answer, you know, more time on math. That is one of the things that, you know, happened last year and the year before. And you go, is, is there any evidence that just teaching this for longer is going to make a difference? Um, but there is evidence about, um, you know, the importance of building a, an effective learning community in a school. And there's a, there's a lot of evidence now about the importance of all the so-called non-cognitive skills and that they're more predictive of success than the grade three math scores. So we, how are we making sure that we're working on those two? Those are the kinds of things that, that we have to keep looking at all the time. And there is always a desire for a nice, simple answer, but unfortunately, we're never going to get one. I'm always wary when governments say we're going to do public consultation, and I believe that. Public needs to be heard on issues like this, but when parents start to to weigh in on this, I mean, I'm a parent, and I've got some concerns about this as well. I'm sure most of the parents listening to this do, but I'm no way qualified to to offer a a suggestion (laughs) as to what the solutions are, but the government's going to listen to that. Uh, I'm not so sure that's the group they should be talking to. Well, and also the worry about this, like, it is important that there's an ongoing dialogue about what we're doing in public education. But one of the worries is that we end up just hearing the loudest voices. So if I'm really angry or I have a really big complaint, I'm going to be loud. I'm going to go to the consultations. I'm going to write in. I'm going to let my bad feelings be known. Or even if I speak English, I can have a louder voice. If I'm um, you know, have a higher level of education or know the system works or even know that there is a consultation going on, I'm more likely to be heard. So we have to be very, very careful and take with, you know, many grains of salt. Uh, we consulted, this is what we heard, so this is the change we're going to make, you know, because I hope, yes, it's important that we're having this conversation, but I hope who we're listening to is is experts, is people with evidence, is people with experience and understanding of the complexity of all of these things. I mean, the one part of the con- consultation is about what are the other learning skills uh, that, that, that we need to be focusing on. And as an organization, we've done a lot of work in that area. And those other learning skills are incredibly important. And they're not they're not, um, you know, an identifiable, I need this skill for this job. They are actually, you know, these broad other kinds of competencies uh, that no matter what job you're going to go into or no matter what you're going to do after you graduate. And so 
I, I, want, I hope that everybody who's responding, and you can just go online and fill in the little forms, that, that nobody's going, yeah, we need to be training more kids to do X or Y. If you talk to people in the building trades, for instance, they go, we need people who can work with each other. We need people who know math. We don't need people who know how to hammer in a nail or how to put boards together. We can teach them that stuff. We need people, no matter what they're going into, with really broad skills so that they understand you know, what the job is, no matter what that job is. Amen to that. Uh, Annie, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the okay. time today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Annie Kidder from uh, People for Education. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.